Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one show to bring you all things Club America and English. Your hosts for today are Ivan Pineda, Cristian Rosendo, Alexis Juarez, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Now let's hit the field and start the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. Welcome to the Lady Aguila Talk uh, episode where we're going to be diving and giving you guys an in-depth preview of everything that is going to happen for the Guardianes 2021 season ahead for our Lady Aguilas. We're going to be talking about transfer updates, who left, who came in, what the squad is looking like ahead of the first match against Atlas, and we'll give you guys an in-depth preview in regards to that game as well. So plenty and plenty to talk about, but before I get ahead of myself, let me introduce today's co-host, none other than Brooklyn's very own, AJ. AJ, how is New York? New York is good. It's pretty cold, as always, you know, having to wear the jacket, the Timberlands, all that good stuff. But all in all, I'm cozy <laughs> at home and ready to talk all things Lady Aguilas. Definitely. So we're back here. And uh, you know what, AJ? Looks like it's time to get at it again. Pain central when it comes to these ladies. Uh, in regards to what this squad is looking like for this uh, season, we'll talk about that famous word we like to use in regards to squad is depth. Do we have that going forward into this new season? What is the realistic expectations? Obviously, at the end of the day, we want these ladies to come out with all um, uh with the victory, of course, uh, and winning the ta- the championship, but we'll be a little bit more realistic as to how this squad looks like, and do we have what it takes to do a deep playoff run? And uh, well, yeah, pretty much everything to get started. AJ, are you ready? I'm ready. Whatever you are. Awesome, awesome. Alrighty then. Well, let's start off with the roster itself. AJ, a lot of people uh, are looking at this roster, and if they haven't really kept up to date with everything going on. They would notice that some of their players, some of the players that were in last season, are no longer to be found. Uh, I think we were talking about it. Seven players in total were brought in and also let go. Yep, you're right about that. So, talk to me a little bit more about the players that. Uh, first of all, let's start about let's talk about the players that have left and what impact is that going to have on America Feminine. Perfect. So starting off, we had Diana Cáceres leaving. She went to Puebla Feminine. Then we have Jenny Gonzalez, who has left the Mazatlán Feminine. Scarlett López, Wendy Morales have left. Barlene Campa has gone to Pumas Feminine. Marcela Valera and Elisa Santos have also left. So I feel like getting from the get-go, I feel the players are going to really hurt the most. Marcela Valera, Marlene Campa, Jenny Gonzalez, and Diana Cáceres. And that's essentially half of the players that just left. I just feel like they left. They had potential in this team. I felt like they were key components into this roster just some of them either they weren't able to start as much whether they got injured too much or just they couldn't get the mojo really going like for diana Gusser, for example it's been a while since we last seen her play we haven't seen the form that she replicated when she first started at medica femini you know scoring goals left and right up top with monse daniela and lucero cuevas but seeing that how she was able to get something going in the ligia it showed that hey maybe she's flying back and then you know she left jenny gonzalez she was one of those players that I felt like she had lots of potential going into the scene because coming from college um, soccer in the United States, she was good. She had good numbers, but I just like it never seemed she was never able to replicate those same numbers and I make a family, whether it's just injuries, lack of playing time, or just really bad luck when it comes to like playing in matches, which is seen from last season. Um, Marlene Gampa, I don't understand why people criticize so much from this season. Like you mentioned I before, some soccer fans, have like short-term memory because I would say to people, do you not remember when she plays a four when she first arrived? Everyone's like, no, I only remember this scene. So I'm like, okay, fine. I guess you didn't remember she's originally a forward. But anyways, she was playing as a midfielder, didn't really get that great of numbers. She started a lot of games, but just the same thing. She's playing in a position she was not really comfortable playing with. And I feel like that drastically hurt her um playing style and game. Yeah, she had some moments here and there, but I just felt like her playing as a midfielder it didn't work out. And I feel like at the end, it's going to hurt America Feminine. And then Marcela Valera, it's one of the more questionable um, exits for the team because I'm wondering, I'm trying to think of all the reasons, like, why we let her go. She started a lot for us whenever we needed someone as a backup center back or just for her to start. She had that old school defending, which I feel like when she gets on a one-on-one of players, she wins out one of those fights, um, one of those duels, and she did whatever she can to get the ball back. But the only real reason I could think of her just leaving 
I think it just might have been due to age. She really doesn't get injured often. And I'm not mistaken, I think she did not really get injured. I'd say she was an all good defender, but just I don't understand why. Other players like um, Scarlett Lopez, Wendy Morales, and Elisa Santos, they just filled the bench up and they were just defenders, just backup. But just ever since we brought them on, they never really got much playing time. But at the end of the day, it's depth you let go right there. They may not be starting, but just in case one of your starters gets injured, you can slot them in. But with that going, it makes you question, are we going to have any depth for this season? Yeah, and, and, and that's what we're going to be talking about in just a moment here. And uh, I do want to bring up this great question from Ivan, who has been on the podcast before. He says, what do you attribute a large turnaround to when it comes to women's teams in regards specifically to America? Because this is not something that is unusual with America family. I mean, there's, a, you know, usually season ends and there's a pretty big turnaround. There's about, you know seven, eight players that are let go and seven, eight players are brought in. And then again, it's kind of just a rotational of, of a season. So what do you think att- attests to that? I think it's just really just teams just trying to figure out what can we do. But then here's the thing. I think in the league I make so many, no one's spot is ever saved. Yes, you can be a star on a team, have great numbers. Remember, contracts don't last that long in this league. It can either last from just one season it could just um be Utah season, two seasons, whatever the case may be. Just no spots is ever saved. But I just feel like what just the large turnouts, it's just managers are just trying to experience in this league because you're always having newcomers coming into this league and you're always wanting to sign. It's like, okay, let's put them onto this team and see what they can do here. But I feel like the problem that can start too, it's where you're constantly trying to experiment. It's going to mess up with the team's chemistry because like you mentioned before, Ivan, from time and time again, we see America family let go of six, seven, eight, nine players. And they were just wondering when are we going to have a solid lineup? When can we have a solid score? It's like, this is our squad. If ain't, then maybe switch two, three, maybe four players and get someone you and that's it. But then I feel like it's just managers trying to figure out what's the perfect team they can build in order to get them the championship title that they want to add to the um, club. I think you mentioned it perfectly. It's the fact that these contracts are not that long or at least that extensive. I mean, you're, t- you're talking about what a two year contract at best with mm-hmm. a, with a team until you get kind of a renewal process. I mean, then that conversation gets a little bit more deeply rooted as to why are the contracts only about two years and what extends to that. And is the league involved in that sense? I mean, we, we could sit here and talk about that for days, but at the end of the day, I think it is the fact that you mentioned AJ, the contracts are so short term that um, I, I think from a financial perspective as well for the clubs, I think it's a lot easier for them to be like, okay, this is going to always be kind of a short term. We could always renew for even you know an, an extensive period of time, maybe a year, two years, depending on the player skills and attributes, because you do mention the fact that you know this league is very young. You know, it's it's not like there is you know a mountain of professional players out there in Liga Mekis Feminine for um you know for them to come and sign on. So it, it is kind of still a process, and I do imagine that we're going to continuously see these kind of heavily rotated teams, you know, uh, from the off season for about a couple more years until we kind of kind of finally get to where you are saying AJ we have a cemented team where maybe three four additions and three four let goes which would be ideal of course because we'll get into the into the big problem that this is causing but um I do want to see there's another comment here we have from uh Lee Gomez who will eventually replace Ochoa I'm not too sure um I'm willing to put my name in the hat after my gloves arrived in the mail today um, but uh, for all of that information and more, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays as we talk about all things in regards to the men's team over there. So uh, make sure you tune in next week and maybe, maybe just maybe we can have a discussion on that topic. But all right, AJ, coming back into this team, mm-hmm. roughly around how what positions did did uh, did we lose players in? I'm I know forward and defense. Did we lose some midfielders? Uh. Not really, no. It's just really just forwards and the and defenders really is what we lost. And here is the situation that I think we overlooked last season, and something that maybe we should definitely keep a close eye on this season is we were too stacked with forwards, and that ultimately ended up hinging some of these players, like the Marlin Campas, like the Janae Gonzalez's, because now you're having to you know put them in positions that they maybe don't feel as comfortable playing in, and because of it, you're just then 
you know, setting them up for failure in a way. I'm not saying that it's completely, you know, the coach's fault that they didn't thrive. I do think that the player has some responsibility to do in that position. But I think the fact that we had players like Dani Espinosa who were just in great form and we typically didn't use two strikers throughout most of the season, I think it then hinged on, okay, where do we put these players that we know are talented and we're trying to get our money's worth out of this? You know, maybe we slot them here in the rights, here in the center mid. And, and it never really panned out for any of these ladies that ended up leaving the club. Like you mentioned, um, Marlene Campa, such a sensational player when she first arrived at the club. And then to see kind of that way that she downgraded, because let's face it, she did not hit the season the way we expected that she was going to do. I mean, she had some great intensity and, and some great um, aggression moments where we were just like, wow, this is the player that we know is capable of doing things. But I don't, I'm, I'm just not to discredit her in any way whatsoever, but I don't think that she is the type of player to make. Uh, a, a jugada happen. She's not the the ten. She's not the one that's gonna be kind of you know putting that ball in in, in kind of like the perfect moment for Danny to get into. But I think it's um it's unfortunate because we do lose some very good players to unfortunately a rival that is Pumas. Oh. But we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Of course, best of luck to all the ladies that ended up leaving the club. Uh, we wish them nothing but the best and um. I think the most important thing to signal here is that America didn't lose any of the starters, mm-hmm. which is a really good that thing is, to just hear. Yes. That, that is the one thing that you can take away from all these kind of losses is the fact that uh, all these departures, excuse me, is that none of them were actually kind of starters. Marlene Kampa and Janae sometimes went in and out of the starting 11, but I think it was due more to kind of injuries and kind of the system that Leo Coyar wanted to play. But for the most part, we had... We kept all our starting 11. And that, I think, was the most important part. Because there was this heavy rumor going and circling around AJ that a certain center back was going to be leaving the club after just arriving not so long ago. So tell me, how did you feel after a sigh of relief that Jocelyn Orejel confirmed she was coming back? Thank goodness, because if we had someone like her just leave after after just one season, I'm like, why? No. Goyard, please, like, we cannot have a starter who has proved themselves to be one of the best in this league, and we just give them away to just someone else. Just, that's scary. When I first saw the message, I'm like, oh, please don't let this be the case. I really hope that's not. And thankfully, when I heard that she's staying, when she posted, she made that TikTok, I was like, thank the Lord. Okay, we still have her. Good. All is well. Yeah, and that's definitely a huge sigh of relief for all Americanistas out there. Um, I think it's just, uh, it, it was a very heart-stopping moment. You're like, we're about to lose the best defender we've had in such a long time. Uh, but thankfully enough, she's coming back. Unfortunately, she is still injured. And AJ, you have a little bit more of a report on her as to when or uh, around what time we're going to be able to see her feature again. But um, obviously, don't keep your fingers crossed. She's not going to be playing against Atlas. We'll see what that defense looks like because AJ, I know that we have a couple of players returning from injury as well. So it should be interesting. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But now let's talk about some of the arrivals because there's one big name that came from a rival from Guadalajara. She came over and signed our new number six, Miss. Uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank here, AJ. Help me out here. <laughs> Janely Farias. There you go. I knew it was Farias. I just didn't. I, I just forgot uh, her first name. If, uh, if you are watching this, I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, talk to me more about the additions. I know we brought in her. She was the kind of the big name signing. We also brought in um, a fourth string goalkeeper. Should be yes. interested to hear what you have to say about that. And a couple more additions to this club. AJ, talk to me a little bit more about these ad- additions. Gotcha. So yeah, just as the first thing we mentioned, we signed Jenny Farias from uh, Chivas center back. So she's now joining Club America. She is now the third player to come from a rival team, Chivas, and has come to America. The first being was Selena Valera, and the second was um, Alondra Gonzalez, and now it's um, Jenny Farias. So welcome to the, welcome to America Feminine. And the next couple of players we have are uh, Diana Garcia. She is coming from uh, University in, Mex- in Mexico, UDLAP. Then we have Mayra Pelayo, who is coming um, from college soccer, playing for the Florida Gators. Then we have Fernanda Piña as well, coming from the same university that Diana Garcia played at. Then we have Elizabeth Ramos, who is coming from the Liga Mayor in Mexico, coming from Dragonas Football Feminine. 
We then have our goalkeeper, our fourth goalkeeper, Camila Martinez, where she's coming from Fuerza Lásicas, which she has experience in the Liga Escocia Bank and Liga Mayor in Mexico. And then the last one, we have signed Daniela Flores, and she's coming from the United States of America, where she's had, where she has been called before from the United States Women's National Team for their U18 teams. So, seven players right there. Seven players. Interesting names that have been brought up. Of course, only one real name will stand out there because she has played in the league and, of course, coming from the rivals. But before we talk about her and her inclusion to this squad, because I think it's a very interesting one at that, talk to me a little bit more about these kind of lesser-known names for America Feminine. Do you think this is the right way to go? Do you think that maybe we should be looking into the likes of, let's say, I don't know, maybe the Tigres and Monterrey's that are maybe signing players that have played in Europe um, that maybe are a little bit more known in the world of women's soccer, whether it's here in the States or Mexico. Um, do you, what do you think in regards to these names that came to America? They look very promising. I'm not going to lie. They do. They look very promising. Their numbers in college look very impressive. But how does that really translate into the league? No one really knows until they actually step out on the pitch. So, yeah, no, that's like the thing I thought before. Like, I was just looking through all these players, you know, and I realized they have come either from playing university at a university in Mexico. They've either been playing college soccer here in the States or they played in another league in Mexico, but not having experience. And the one player, we only have one player come from Fuerza Vasicas and the other having experience in this league. It's one of those things where I feel like it's another one of those experiment type situations with Cuellar because you know how Cuellar is. He signs players, which I feel like, okay, but is this going to strengthen the team in any way? Depth-wise, it's going to help out, yes, but is he going to start them is the question, because you see from time and time again, he would constantly swap around around the starting 11s, and I'm like, why? Can we just not have like a starting 11 that we would just go with for the rest of the season? And then if anything, you do the substitution. Remember, the five substitution rule is still allowed, so you can always just bring these players on at any given moment in time in a match. But at the same time, I'm just thinking to myself, we're signing all these players that have no experience in this league. They don't know what playing in Mexico is like and how the league is played out, like what formations the other teams use, how are their play styles, things like that. And it makes me think that I'm worried because if this comes to be another one of Goyar's experiments, I feel like at this point, everyone's just going to be like, Goyar out. Yes, it's early enough, but people's already kind of like in comments, like, I want this man out of my team if he's going to just experiment once again. Because... I'm looking at the rivals. We mentioned before, it's not really anyone to replace a starter. It's adding depth. That is good because we want depth because I feel like every American Issa can agree to this point. We have a solid starting 11. This can be the starting we could roll with throughout the rest of the season. And then with the substance that we have on the bench, it's up to them to make an impact when they come onto the field. But all all, I'm on the fence a bit. I have they show promise, which is good with their stats. And I, you know, as an Omega Feminine fan, I any player that's welcome. I don't know where you come from. Welcome to this team, and I hope you do nothing but amazing things for this team. Same time, you're coming into this league for the first time with no experience for five of these players, so they're gonna need to sh- show up and prove to Cuellar and to the rest of the team to why they got signed here in the first list and to the league and to prove to the league. What they why they came into the league for, and that's the ball out help America for me and get them that title. I think that's the most peculiar thing about all this is the fact that you know you mentioned it perfectly, AJ. We aren't necessarily bringing in players to replace starters, we're just bringing in players to add depth. On one end, that's good because we know that the depth is very much needed when this league sometimes has some very quick turnarounds in the schedule. But I do say this. Would you not think it would have been better to go and try to find players that could maybe potentially replace even some of these so-called starters that we have? I mean, I'm not saying straight off the bat you have to go and get 11 new players to play in your starting 11, but it would be nice to have some good internal competition where you know at least this player's coming in and she's coming in to maybe potentially rival for your starting 11 spot. I think that not only just brings some little bit of spark in some of this training, um, but I think it really will bring out the best in both the new player and the player that is already in the team. Because I think if these you know new young upcoming players step into this kind of training, the starters are looking at this as 
Well, been there, done that. I'm already, I already have my spot. These these girls don't have experience on me. I know what Guayara likes. I feel like there's a sense of maybe I'm, I'm a little bit just kind of relaxed because I don't really have to fight for my position that much. And yeah. I think that, that's what worries me the most is that I think we should be trying to bring in some big, heavy signings to come and rival that of those starting in uh, in 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 the team already. Yeah, no, I can agree with you right there, Ivan. No, because this is the thing like you mentioned before. It feels like the starting 11 players can relax. I feel like their spot is not, you know, at stake. But then that also becomes a problem as well because there's no competition. Worst case to come, which I don't think is going to happen, hopefully, that the substitutes just really just stop caring. They're like, if I'm not going to start, then why should I bother even just, you know, suiting up, getting ready, warm up, go to pride, whatever the case is me. But no, like, Internal competition is important for those starting spots because I'm looking at the reinforce you get. A lot of them are essentially forwards at this point. We're all boosting the offense. And really, when it comes to the defense, it's just a fourth-choice goalie, which who knows if she's going to get any kind of playing time. And you have Janetti Farias, who can, she could definitely um, compete in the center-back position. But for who? Is it going to be Jocelyn or it's going to be Anagabi? That's the thing. And then when you then put that debate on the table, it's like, who's going to be your start, your two starting center backs? Or if Guerra decides to do a five in the back, but I don't think five in the back is ideal for this Omega Feminine side. So that's the thing. You're only really having one player where I feel like could truly compete. You have some wingers right there, which can actually fill that right winger spot. Because left wing, you got Monte Hernandez there. I feel like that spot's secure. You're not to get away for her. And with these two, and with these players such as like Mayra uh, Pelayo or Diana Garcia, they can both play on the left and the right. So that's good. You're bringing competition up at the wings in the forward spot, but you're not bringing nothing to midfield. We already have, we're already stacked with midfielders. And I feel like there's a term competition in midfield, but offense, there's not much because remember, depending on the formation, you're only going to really have three players up front or two up front. You're going to need to compete really hard. But remember, if you cannot break that, um, starting spot away from Dani Espinosa or whoever else is going to be in there, there's not much. You're just going to have to hope that puts you in and realize something is not working or just to give you some playing time. But even that, it's kind of worrisome because mentioned before, all these players know what the league is like. Yes, you're playing Cod side. That's great in the States. You know, you can bring something to the team. You've been playing recently or come from University of Mexico. You know what the league is like for you and what it has to um, bring. Essentially, from day one, you gotta work. You gotta work 110% every single day and prove to that manager, start me. I'm ready to take this spot wherever you can put me. Who knows? We know how Coyar can be with these players. He can have some center back. I'm putting you in CDM. Why? I don't know. Have I ever seen him play in CDM? No. He can have even a striker just play as a CM. Local Marley, what happened to Marlene Campa? She was a forward. She got slotted right into the wing, winger position and to CM. So, who knows what Goyer can do with this? Maybe some of these players can actually play another position, but for the most part, just seeing this, there's not much to really compete for. It's just the offense, really, that's what it's going to be competing. Defense, there's not much going there. And I think that's what I was alluding to earlier when I mentioned that we overlooked something that was really, really kind of um, worrisome. Because when we were previewing last season, we said this squad finally has the depth to make it into a deep run. Unfortunately, though, what we kind of overlooked was the fact that the defense lacked a little bit more of that uh, depth than the forward position. And it seems to be that we're repeating the same mistake this year as well, AJ. You look at some of these players that came in and you look at the fact that we have way more forwards than we do defenders. And that, I think, is stretching ourselves very, very thin. I mean, the midfield department looks good and I think that it's proper. It's the most proper place to actually have the most depth since seeing as how usually that they're the more interchangeable players throughout the season. But the most thing that worries me is the fact that do we really need six to six forwards rather than only having six defenders? So, like, that's why I look at because, you know, I look at the rosters every single time Liga Mekis need. We would have six or even seven forwards at times. And I'm like, wait, what? Why? And then you look more at midfields. We have like eight. But like you said, midfield is pretty impor- important. You're like the Mozart in the field. You're orchestrating the entire playing field with that ball. You're making plays and setting up and whatnot. There's your defense, and defense is the most important thing. Defense wins you championships. And I look in here when I was making my roster. 
we only have six defenders, and I can name them right here, right now. Send any ideas. Oh, go on. I was gonna say, okay, no, no need to name them. We, we only added one and lost one. <laughs> it's pretty right. simple. Now, nah, right? even funny. Yeah. And then we lost Varela. Pretty much, but the thing is, like, we don't have fullbacks. We don't. We, the only and I think that's the yeah, that's the thing we were alluding to AJ earlier. Uh, in, in, in at the at the end of the year was the fact that we needed depth in that department. And we let go of like all the uh, depth, the players that we have, even they were not stars. That was depth. Elisa Santos, Wendy Moraes, Scarlett Lopez. They're youngsters, yes, but they could fill the fullback spot. And look, there's nothing left now. It's literally just center backs, and I think maybe two or three fullbacks at best. That's all you got. And I think that's the real issue that hopefully will not come back to haunt us. Although I'll bet anything that it definitely will. We'll see what they're capable of doing. But let's talk a little bit about a little bit more about this defense and the new player because I think this comment alludes to my next question. Farias. Ivan says that Farias should be paired with Jocelyn in his opinion. I was gonna ask you, AJ, seeing as how she's coming in with experience, she's 30 years old. She has not only just league experience, but she also has uh, national team experience. Does she walk in automatically and get a starting spot in America? Or does she have to earn it and win it in training? And maybe potentially if they do give her a game here and there. Do you think that she is up to the task? Or do you think that she has to ride the bench a little bit? I think she I think she's openly ready for the tap because there's always just been um talks about who should be the starting Sarah. Because I feel like and before like previous comments, a lot of blame when it seems to go to Sarabaks, they always look at Anagabi for some reason. She's been a player on this squad since day one when the team first started. She's been there from the Copa Mix Feminine. She's been there from winning us the championship title against Tigres. And she's been with us ever since, starting almost every single game. But then some people feel like maybe it's time to change. Daniela Ferreira, like you mentioned, she's coming in with national team experience. She's played in this league. And if anything, like what um, Ivan mentioned in the comments, she's paired with Jocelyn because they're friends and they, you know, they have a great chemistry right there. So and for them to be a, a center back partnership right there, that could be good news too. But then now it all comes to the thing, like you mentioned, you think she's ready up for it. I personally think she's ready for it. You know, where I could give her some, um, give her um, playing time, whatever it's going to come off the bench, even though I don't feel like we'll be substituting defenders often. But I think it's going to be the case where I feel like where else can just experiment to see just change that one person in defense in the center back. Either Anagabi, she's going to be out for Janeri Farias, or Face is going to be out for Anagabi. And I feel like that's pretty much it, really, at this point. But personally, no, she's ready for this to take that and Unfortunately, spot. that's the only inner, uh, uh, internal competition we're going to be having with this squad is that center back partnership. Uh, partnership. But I mean, we'll see. Maybe it brings it, it actually. You know, game brings us some fruition in uh, the center back spot. We do have a question here from Ramon Acosta. Do you know if Jimena Rios is healthy now? And uh, Ramon, Angie will answer that question in just a little bit. But let's wrap up this whole transfer so- uh, saga segment. Obviously, transfer window is pretty much done for America Feminine. Don't expect any more signings to be made. The roster is pretty much set in stone. So, like we mentioned, no real big names lost in regards to the starting 11. Of course, we're going to uh, gratefully miss all these ladies that we got. Uh, you know, to know and watch week in and week out. But now we have some new incomers and hopefully they can come in, make a really good impact and make themselves a name for them. You know, I mean, who's to say that maybe we just didn't sign the next, uh, you know, Jen Munoz in, in a sense as well, because, you know, she came into the league also just kind of being a name that played uh, college, you know, and then came in, didn't really have any league experience, but completely blew the competition out of the water. And hopefully that's what we're looking to replicate again. You know, mm-hmm. so that will be that. That'll be interesting to see whether or not these ladies can step up to the challenge. Um, and a, a lot more um, Mexican Americans in America Feminine. So uh, looks like they're building something there. Indeed, I think they were like as the name it is, Crew America, and we're getting players from the Americas. So there you go. We're getting we're filling them up with Mexican America Americans. See how it goes, and I'm excited for it actually. All right, well, we're excited for it as well. Hopefully, they can come up big for us. All right, AJ, let's talk a little bit more about the um, 
the the team in general. We talked about the transfers and we talked about you know the 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 people that were uh, let go and brought in. Talk to me a little bit more about this squad. Is there any news updates in and around the world of Guapa in regards to this squad? We just had a question by Ramon asking us: Is Jimena Rios healthy enough? Mm-hmm. Is she ready to go? Jocelyn. Is she injured still? Is she back in Mexico? Because she took quite the extensive holiday. Um, let's see. Anything else in regards to this team, AJ, that we should know ahead of the first jornada? I got you. So just um, first things in, in using Coapa, um, COVID-19 testing was done yesterday. And two people of the America Feminista have come up positive. So they're asymptomatic, but they're currently being checked on and they're isolated. So, but we don't know who those two are yet. Um, with Jimena Rios, um, last time that I remembered, um, she w- said she was on the bench or she was present in that America versus um Rayadas um uh, semifinal matches, but she wasn't playing at all. But by then, she's fully recovered. So I'd expect us to see her starting in this first game. But with Justin Orejel, she was out in Mexico, but then she happened to did get surgery on her left toe again, and I'm mistaken, which is the second time that has happened. And she, I think, was out a proxy for like three to four weeks. So it's most uh, it's most likely that she's not going to be present in the first game. So if anything, expected to see her start playing or maybe be on the bench by the by the second match of the season and or third season if um Guerra decides to rest her. So Jornada 2 or Jornada 3 is when we most likely will see Jason Orejel. Any other news in regards to the squad? Um, There is some kind of rumor that could say we do have four goalkeepers. One of them are going to let go. And what a lot of people are starting to talk about is going to be J.D. Gutierrez supposedly going on alone to Necaxa. But it's unsure yet whether it's going to be happening or not. So in regards to that, if there's going to be any other transfers, it's going to probably be someone leaving. It's going to be one of the goalkeepers and probably JD. I have my money on Natalia Cunha. I think she would be the one to let go. JD, for me, in my eyes, is still Coyote's number one. We'll talk about that in just a second, AJ. We'll talk about that in just a second, but I don't think we to discredit JD in any way possible. I think she's earned um, at least the number two spot, so I don't think uh, we'd see her leaving anytime soon. Now that you mentioned the Coxon, it's a huge tangent, by the way. But um, I don't know if you guys remember the good old times where America actually owned Nekaxa. And whenever it was it was time to send players to loan, it was always to Nekaxa, whether it was in uh, disciplinary issues or because they were just ready to sell them and they needed to kind of show them off to the world. Nekaxa was definitely the way to go. So just once you said that, I thought, oh, what a quote, what a peculiar thing to be loaning players to Nekaxa yet again. Um, but yeah. All right, AJ. Let's talk. Well, actually, give me a second here. We're going to talk a little bit more about players to keep an eye out for this season in regards to America Feminine, what players we think are definitely going to stand out and what players need to have the season of their life in order for America to attain that second title. But beforehand, AJ, do want to remind you and our listeners that today's episode is brought to you by Foot Cult. If you guys haven't done so already, make sure you guys go check them out and use discount code EEP at checkout to get 10% off all products. If you guys haven't done so, make sure you check out. There's some cool Eagle Eye podcast gear like this training top jersey that we're wearing today. If you guys haven't done so already, such a comfortable jersey to have, by the way. Um, yeah, check them out. You know, they have some great stuff. I know they have some face masks for uh, us right now in the pandemic. They have some really cool drops coming in for the next couple of months. So you guys do not want to miss any of that whatsoever. So go ahead. Use discount code EEP at checkout to get 10% off all Foot Cult products. And again, thank you to our sponsors, Foot Cult, for sponsoring today's episode. All right, AJ, let's talk a little bit more about players that we want to keep an eye on in regards to... America Feminine season, who is the one player that needs to have the season of their life for you in order to finally obtain that oh-so-dreaded second title? So, it's you know it's going to be for me? It's going to be Daniela Espinosa. She's been a very crucial player since day one arriving in this team. She always had a partnership with every story that came up front, whether it was going to be Marlene Campa, whether it's going to be Diana Cáceres, or Lucero Cuevas. But this time, she's the captain of this team. She's been given the captain's armband from Monica Rodriguez, and it's her time now to lead this team to the second title. She played amazing last season in the regular season, scoring goals left and right for this team, becoming the all-time leading goal scorer for America Feminine. In the playoffs, 
She had a tough time in the playoffs, but that's in the past. We're going to leave it and we're going to move forward. She needs to do everything that she can to her ability to captain this team, the offense, the mid for the defense, go get whatever this may be, cap all her teammates around and be able to help them get into the finals this season and win that second title for America. So she's just got to be on her A game. She got the record for all-time goal scorer America Femini. She has to worry about that anymore. It has all for her to just go back to what she does best, and that's scoring golazos and headers and anything you could possibly think of, even from setting teammates up to score goals for them. So for her, she's got to bring her A game. Got to play playing every single game 110%. Okay, that's a good pick. I feel like a lot of people would have picked that name. This next name I'm going to mention, a lot of people probably wouldn't have had her as the number one player to keep an eye out for or the number one player that needs to have the season of her life for America. But for me, it has to be Eva Gonzalez. I think what she is in that midfield as the anchor for America is detrimental to us winning a championship side. I mean, heavy rumors were circulating in the offseason that she was no longer going to be in America, that unfortunately there was, you know, personal issues at, at home that she had to go back and take care of. And so that we were no longer going to see her in an America jersey. And a lot of panic, a lot of a frenzy happened on Twitter because everyone thought, well, we're finally going to lose kind of that anchor midfielder that we've had. Um, and, you know, fortunately enough, everything got cleared up. Eva Gonzalez is staying. And she's going to be with us for another season. And this has to be one where she completely just starts off from the get-go and continues that good run of form that she kind of left off in. I know that's a lot of responsibility to put on someone's shoulder, but I do think that she needs to be the person that kind of holds the midfield and the defense together. And she needs to be kind of that bridge in between both sectors of the field where she's not only stopping the attack, but also starting it. And, you know, she's a very good, talented player. We know that she has a long range distance shots in her kind of, you know, arsenals of, of capabilities. And so, I don't know. I, I just, I look at her. She looks like she's someone that enjoys being out there on the pitch. She likes kind of having that responsibility. And I think that um, if she's capable of, you know, continuously you know, giving us those performances week in and week out. She could be uh, the player for America Family this season. Ah, I completely agree with you. When she first arrived onto the team, Errol wondered, okay, let's see what she could bring to the table. And then, you know, in that game that she happened to debut in, she scored her very first goal in the span of like, what, three minutes? And everyone's like, this is the next big thing in our midfield. To have someone like Jen Munoz who first came from United States playing college soccer and make that big of an impact. And now we see how Ava played throughout. And we had a lot of good talks about her. Everyone's saying she's the next best thing that we have in this midfield. And to have now uh, a partnership with Gasquez and Jen Munoz and her being that anchor play that we have in midfield along with defense, she's going to be detrimental into this midfield. And like you mentioned before, which is put perfectly from the get-go, 110%. Go all in from that very first game to the very last game of the season that um, we play for America Femini. So, yes, I completely agree with you how she's going to be a very crucial player this season. And hopefully that these players that we are naming are definitely, um, they live up to the expectation because it's no easy task, but I think that they're more than capable of doing that, AJ. Um, just another couple of names to mention that I think need to have a really good season. Um, no, no surprise here, but Jen Munoz. Needs to step up. Uh, I think we can all agree here that she had a very kind of subpar season, of course, due to the injuries and unfortunately the COVID situation. She just uh, wasn't her 100% self. And, you know, it's unfortunate because she started the season so great after, you know, going up against Cruz Azul and scoring a goal. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully that she can pick up the form that we know that she can have. And again, it's a very crucial crucial, crucial player to have on the team. Uh, and hopefully that, you know, she can get Things up and running for America. Um, Montserrat Hernandez is another player that I think needs to continuously stay healthy because when she is not on the pitch or she is not on our bench, AJ, we suffer so much. So she is like literally the crucialest player that America has. I don't even know if crucialist is even a word, <laughs> but uh, she is just that detrimental to this America side. Um, 
And of course, uh, the starting goalkeeper needs to be at 110%. And I just want to have this quick debate with you, AJ. Who is going to be the starting 11 goalkeeper? Is it going to be, like everyone says, Renata Mascherelli? Or will JD make a return to the starting 11? Renata Mascherelli. She's the starting goalkeeper. And I'm sticking with that. And I will even say this as well. Her starting time was long overdue. She should have been starting from the get-go. But I'm happy... She's given that time now, and may this be the first full season that she plays in as our starting goalkeeper. I agree with you, AJ, but I would not be surprised if uh, JD gets the start. So keep an eye out on that because all hell will break loose <laughs> if that does happen against Atlas. All right. Although oh, Ramon saying Renata 100%, yes. but hey, with Leo Coyard, one never knows. One never truly knows in regards to that aspect. But interesting enough, we'll see what happens. And then, of course, our defense needs to be as solid as possible. All right, AJ. We've talked enough about these players. And we talked a little bit about the season ahead. And we talked about the fact that we've lacked depth in this squad in regards to the defense. What is that going to do for us in at the re- for the rest of the season? Who knows? We might just be fine. Although I'll I'll be willing to put money that we won't. So we pretty much covered a kind of all the talking points in regards to this upcoming season. Now let's go. Now let's go and kind of dive deep a little bit into the first game of the season, which is going to be against Atlas Feminine. AJ, correct me if I'm wrong. But this is a very, very favorite Atlas side to do very good things this season in Guardianes 2021. Talk to me a little bit more about the rival and uh, talk to me a little bit more about this game. Um, This game, it's going to be pretty heated because the last time we played, we played really early. I think it was like 11 a.m. in the morning. I had to wake up watching this match. You have to wake up like at what, 8 a.m.? I was at so... 8 a.m. at work trying to freak. <laughs> try to, and it wasn't even, we had to find a YouTube link. I was like half YouTubing and half working at the same time. I was like, this is terrible. Yeah, but, um, yeah, no, but that game ended 0-0. It just was a really boring game. We had a really strong lineup, but just, Something was just wrong. We could not break through. Any opportunity we got, it just was not great at all. But this Atlas side, it's not a team to joke around with. They are a really solid team. They're a solid team. I'd say they're one of the top teams out there. Got players like their, um, their goalkeeper, Ana Paz. Then you got um, players up front like Claudia Ibarra, Adriana Iturbide, Alison Gonzalez, who was having a um, spectacular season last season, just scoring goals left and right. She was just a couple goals shy of getting the golden boot, and Katy Martinez stole it from her in the last game of the season. So, and then you got in midfield Joanna Robles, who is one of the, I'd say, one of the best midfielders in this league, just being able to provide so much in that midfield. So, their offense and that one midfielder in Joanna Robles, it's deadly. You see Joanna Robles with that ball, she's even giving it to Adriana Iturbide, Claudia Ibarra, or Alison Gonzalez. Any of them are there and the and our defense are not listening, it's over. They're gonna score that goal. And Anna Paz, no joke as well, really good goalie. So it's really up to America Femini right from this get-go. Do not make repeats of the same mistakes we did it last season where I ended in a zero-zero draw. Make the most of your opportunities. Any single open shot that you can get, take it immediately. No second thoughts. Don't do that one extra pass. You don't think the extra pass is not necessary. Go for it and see what what can happen. No, I agree with you. I think it's not going to be an easy game by no means necessary. Um, but before we get a little bit more into the details of things, AJ, this game is on Monday. What time? It's going to be at 4.45 p.m. Eastern time. 4.45 p.m. Eastern time. That is going to be 1.45 Pacific Standard Time. And, of course, our friends over and Central Time. That is going to be at 3. F- no, excuse me. I completely messed that around. You said four on your end? Yep, 4.45 p.m. 4.45, 1.45, and then, of course, our friends at Central Time, 3.45. Just all over the place, AJ, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's going to be live via through the NS, so no need to be, uh, you know, going Choice. through the back channels of the dark interweb trying to find 
a uh, a link for this. But finally, a little bit of a uh, little bit of good news to start off the season. So again, you guys can follow all of that live via Twitter over on our Twitter comments. You guys follow us at EY Podcast. We'll have you guys covered minute by minute. AJ is going to be doing his best to keep you guys up to date with everything going on in and around that game. Um, but yeah, make sure you guys tune in because it's, it, it promises to be a good matchup. It's not to say that this game is going to be another boring nil-nil. Of course, it could definitely be that. But I think with everything that America Family offers in this game against Atlas, it, it looks like it could be quite the goal thriller, if I'm not mistaken, AJ. Um, I mean, first of all, talk to me a little bit more about the starting 11 that Coyar most likely will put out against Atlas Feminine. And then we'll talk a little bit more about how we think Coyar might play this game out. All right, perfect. So I got him going with the fort with the 4-3-3 formation. He's going to have Renata Mascheri starting as our goalkeeper. Our back four is going to consist of Jimena Rios as our left back. Two center backs is going to be Farias and Anagabi. Right back is going to be Monica Rodriguez. Our three midfielders are going to be consistent of Eva Gonzalez, Jennifer Munoz, and Cas Cuevas. Our wingers are going to be Monse Hernandez on the left wing. We're going to have um, Diana Garcia starting as the right winger. And our forward, the one and only Daniela Espinosa. Awesome. That, that sounds like a pretty good promising lineup. I mean, you're having Jen back in the starting 11. You have Farias with the debut. Um, and, and you have all these crucial uh, pieces and elements to this starting 11 that I think could definitely bring bring it to Atlas in that respect. How do you think Coyar sets this game up for these ladies to thrive? We know that sometimes he doesn't always necessarily want to have the ball and play that very possessive football style. But, I mean, is this going to be a game where you think we might soak up the pressure and try to relieve it on the counter against Atlas? I don't think they really want to soak the pressure up. That's going to be a bad way for me to just start this thing off because if we could see an early goal off of the get goal, you know how these games can be sometimes for any team in the Liga MX Femini? The floodgates are going to open, and that team is going to continuously keep attacking. Yes, you can get that opportunity to go to bounce back and get yourself a goal early, but if you don't get that defense situated in time, it's not going to be a fun time. And as I mentioned before, the offense for Atlas Femini, it's deadly. If, that de- if their defense is not being careful at any point in time, they're going to punish you with the goal. And at the measure, we know she's capable of making saves. After save after save, but we cannot rely on her for so long before she cracks under pressure and then just happens to make a silly mistake. So no, I feel like we're going to be really doing in this game. Just get the ball rolling immediately. We don't want to play that possessive game where we send it back to our defense because there has been times where we send it back and some of the players on the opposition do happen to almost get the ball away from our defenders. So we definitely don't want that. Give it to the midfielders. Give it a cut. Gosh, she's a center attacking midfielder. She can go up and see if she could find um, a pass to one of the wingers or if not, take the ball up herself. Same with Jem Munoz. She's capable of doing that same thing. She's an offensive-oriented player in which she is also to help Gus out with going forward. You leave Ava back. If there's at any given moment she needs to go up from it, she can do that. But for the most part, just stay right there. Midfielders, it's going to be Gus or Jen. You pass the ball to the wingers, you see Monte, you already know what she's going to do. Take on defenders, whatever she's going to have to do, get that cross delivered to Daniela Espinosa and head it home or strike it with her foot and hopefully be a goal. And if it's going to be on the right wing with, the, with um, Diana Garcia, let's see what she can do with the ball. We've been experimenting a lot in that right wing position, but who knows? We give the ball a bit to her. Let's see what she can do to the opposition's defense. If she's able to break it just like Monte, she's got that pace like Monte, she can dribble and cross like her, and then on both wings, we'll be completely fine. It's all up to Daniela Espinosa at this point to just finish it, and we know how she is. If you give her multiple opportunities, at some point, that ball is going to end up in the back of the net, or she gets one shot in and it goes in, she's going to continue attacking, attacking. Who knows? At times, when you give the ball too many times, she's going to keep sliding them in, into the back of the net and make the goalkeeper feel really sorry. For having for having to um keep for choosing that profession. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's a better way. There you go. Much better way of putting it. Um, I agree with you. I think that we have to be as offensive as possible. And I would like to see an America set that definitely goes and tries to take the game to Atlas early on. And you mentioned it. I think every time we see America from the league score an early goal, there's a positivity that just arrays around this whole team throughout the whole match. And if we can continuously do that game week in, week out, um, we'll definitely cement ourselves as a favorite coming into this season. But again, 
it, it it all really varies on the players and on the coach, unfortunately. We know that Leo Coyota sometimes isn't at that adventurous when it comes to being an attack-minded coach. And, you know, will that come back and hurt us? We'll have to wait and see. But again, Coyote is definitely on the hot seat this season. I will say that much. I think that he needs to deliver something more than an exit in a quarter in the semifinal. Excuse me. I think at this point you have to push for the final. You have to get that title or else I think it would be time for Leo Coyote to step down and maybe find someone else to maybe, you know, Take the helm of America from the But for the meantime, we have Coyar, and I think that he knows that he's in a very tricky situation and he needs to start off this season with three points against Atlas Feminine, which is no easy test by any means necessary. But the promising thing about this is that we are at home. Unfortunately, no, not at the Sadisteca. We are at the Cancha Centenario. And uh, sometimes that, that grass just does not look very well taken care of. Yeah, no. When you're constantly just training in that same pitch as well, I'm pretty sure it it's just not. It's just it not. It takes fun. a toll. It takes a toll. But hey, we're neither here nor there to discuss about that. We're here to talk about the facts that matter. And that, that is the fact that America needs to stay as consistently sharp in the back as possible. AJ, something that me and you criticized heavily about this defense last season and something that definitely ended up kind of biting us in the behind was the fact that this team sometimes lacked sharpness. There's moments and lapses of concentration. In, uh, in 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 matches, and especially in matches where we were winning, uh, and sometimes in matches that we weren't, and it cost us uh, some points, cost us some goals. That is really what I'm looking forward to this game: is how sharp can this defense be with a player as experienced as Farias, you know, leading the helm, someone that has national team experience. I think would definitely bring something important to that defense that maybe we didn't have last season. If they can stay sharp for the full 90 minutes, and I think we have all the key elements to make sure that we keep clean sheet after clean sheet, and hopefully when we play up against the big teams like the Rayadas, like the Tigres, we can go toe-to-toe with them, not having to worry so much of what happens in the back, but as uh, but more of so what happens in the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, just it's really important for these players, like you said, to be sharp at all times. There cannot be a moment where if we happen to score a goal, don't slack off. Let's keep pushing for another goal. We need to increase the lead to the point where it can be comfortable, but not comfortable enough to the point where it's just like, for example, like a 3-0 lead. It's like, all right, let's call him. No. You got to be paying attention at all times. You don't want to slip up because any given moment you slip up, that's, that opposite can get some momentum. And sometimes you may not get enough time to snap, get right back into it because that uh, the opposition, they could just score another goal in just a couple of minutes right after. And that's definitely what you don't want. And for the defense, it seems from time to time again, it's like on paper, they look great. In game, they're great too. But there's just something about where it's like, I feel like they slack off where it's, they slack off from time to time or when it comes to set pieces or whatever it is, it seems like they're all over the place and you see maybe they're not communicating at all. And then when the goal does happen, we don't get as frustrated. It's one of those things where it's like step right back into it because we've seen from time to time again, we've seen that the Mashari concede a goal, but she doesn't seem like that annoyed by her or anything. But it's one of those things, oh, we just want to get the, you want to get the defense just clapping at everyone. It's like, come on, let's get into it, get back into it. Uh, we concede a goal. All right, now let's get a goal back into this match. So it's really just them be sharp at the time. Just pay attention. If someone's out of position, call, players, just call them out right on it. Tell them, go up a bit or go back a bit. Stay right there. Keep an eye on the on that player on that side. Do whatever you got to do in order to keep everyone focused and into this game throughout the entire 90 minutes. I, I agree with you. I think communication definitely has to be a key aspect of this uh, America side. And I think Ivan puts it perfectly. It's mentality, though. You know, it, it, this needs to be instilled from the leadership. And I think that's the one thing that we're looking at Farias to be is a leader at the back. I know that we have, you know, and I, and I, I strongly uh, I've always said this, that a goalkeeper has to be the first leader in that back line. But at the same time, though, one of those center backs needs to be a leader in that sense as well. And I, I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes Anagabi and Jocelyn maybe weren't the type of players to step up at the moment and maybe, you know, be that kind of leader, you know, week in and week out through that, uh, you know, center back partnership. And I think Farias is definitely the player that can come in and do that with her experience. 
Um, and I think another good comment here, and Ramon Acosta says, let's hope Danny Espinosa is emotionally recovered from the semifinals. I think all of us definitely feel the same way. And I think a couple of goals in this game will definitely um, maybe erase ghost of, the ghost of the past in regards to that semifinals. And we'll see whether or not that Danny is able to do what we know she's capable of. Although here's a hot take for you. I don't really like Danny Espinosa as a forward. I think she's much more of a kind of like a center forward in a sense. She reminds me kind of more of like a, an explosive player that can play off the the forward, right? Someone that maybe doesn't have that big responsibility of always have to be the target player and all that stuff. But again, that's just that that's just me saying that uh, I have no doubts in uh, Daniela Espinosa whatsoever. I think she's more than capable of scoring goals. And here's a real question, AJ, for you. Is she the right captain for this team? Do you see those leadership qualities in her? Oh, you're making me think a lot here because I'm I'm just thinking back of everything she has done for this team. She's young and she's being the captain. She, we've had numerous captains all on the side. I I feel like, yes, she's the cap for this team, but then there's some instances where I feel like if she's having a bad day. She's doing everything to her ability to try and get out of that, um, uh, of just her just trying to get out of that hole where she's just, you know, in a slump or whatever the case just may be. But it's honestly like, I feel like, yeah, she's good as a cat. She can do everything to her ability to help her teammates out, you know, scoring goals, setting plays up, helping teammates get the ball back. It's one of those things I feel like as well. You got to push aside if you're having a bad day. If you think you cannot score a goal on a day given to you, just help your teammates out. If they are open for a pass or for a goal, give the ball right to them. You can you help them score the goal. You help the team out. And better yet, you're making yourself feel good. You're the player that set the pass up to your teammate and you allow them to score the goal and get your team the goal they need or whatever the case it may be to get the victory. So yes, she's perfect to be the captain. Just work. Just, I'd say work on the ego bit. Like I mentioned, I feel like don't put yourself first. Ha- think about the rest of the. Th- think about the rest of the team. If there's no, uh, there's no IT, Everyone participates in the game in soccer. It's just not everyone just focusing on one person. Everyone plays a role in there. Interesting. I still don't think that she is the leader for this side. I think that we still like maybe a little bit more of a more of a leadership quality presence out there. But then again, hey, you know, we have to do with the fact that she is the captain. I'm not saying she's a bad captain. I'm just saying I just I, I feel like uh, I feel like she still lacks a little bit more of leadership qualities that maybe she will attain later on down the road. So we'll see. But Ivan's agreeing, saying selfishness is never a captain quality ever. That's why I don't think I'd ever make a good captain, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two questions before we wrap up today's episode. And I extend this question to all of you listening right now. And the first question, AJ, to you is going to be, what is your prediction for Monday's match against Atlas Feminine? And two, realistically, putting yourself, maybe this, detaching yourself from this Americanismo, where do you see America realistically finishing off in the table? And how far of a run can America Feminine make? If and when they do qualify for the playoffs, first question go. Um, first question. Um, first question. I'm going with the score line of three two. It's gonna be a goal. It's gonna be a goal fest. America's gonna be winning this one three two, edging out. Second question: Where I feel like they're gonna be finishing? They're gonna be finishing in top four. But if you want me to say up and see where they'll finish, they'll finish in third place this season. And realistic world would be in the playoffs. They can get to the finals. I know that they can get to it. They have. They got this squad that can go and push the limit and get themselves to the final. Okay. I like it. I like it. Well, I'm going to go with a uh, 2-0 victory. I think that America Feminine can get an early goal, kind of submit themselves. Atlas is going to be really bringing on the pressure, and I think towards the latter of the match, I think that's where America Feminine is going to get off on a counter, and Dani Espinosa is going to be able to slot home that second goal that puts them in the dagger. 
uh, that puts the dagger in them and of course ends the game for us right there and then and in regards to the second question i think i'm going with a top four finish and fourth place for me is what i'm saying and i do think that they can get to the final as well aj i do think that they can finish lifting up that trophy but it all depends on how healthy we can keep these players how well we can stay sharp in the back line in that defense and whether or not these newcomers can step up to the plate and be just crucial starters, not rotation players, but starters for America Feminine. And a lot will fall on the shoulders of Lequiat and what he's capable of doing. Hopefully, another title would be ideal. Let's go with Ramona Costa saying America 2-1 to one against Atlas. We'll still fall, we're still far behind Tigres and Riadas. We'll be lucky if we can get past Chivas. Ramon does not feel like a very confident man talking about America Feminine, but can you blame him after the exit that we had at Riadas? But hey, Ramon, if it makes you feel any better, Chivas Feminine isn't looking that hot either for this season, okay? So uh, we'll see what happens with them. And let's talk about Ivan's prediction right here, saying it's going to be a 2-2 two to -two draw, something that's definitely well in the cards, and you can see that actually happening, saying America Family will finish in third place and fall short from the championship, unfortunately, mm -hmm. which is very sad, but it doesn't mean that we make it to the final. So, as long as we make it to the final, I think we'll uh, we'll be fine. We we might find a way to you know edge it off in penalties again or something. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But that pretty much wraps it up for us here in the EY podcast. I hope you guys had a wonderful time, and uh, I hope that you guys join us again next week on Thursdays as we will be talking all things America Feminine in regards to the season as we progress. Again, thank you so much to our sponsors, Foot Call, for making this uh, a possibility uh, to work alongside you guys, and of course to everyone out there watching and or listening. Thank you again. This means the world to us. We'll be back next week to talk and preview the next upcoming match for America Family against Juarez. That should be an interesting one to watch. And uh, we'll keep you guys in touch and everything going on in the world of America Family. If you guys uh, follow us over on Twitter, Instagram, and now Facebook, AJ is going to be doing some wonderful stuff over there. So make sure you guys go check it out at Eagle Eye Podcast for all social media platforms. And again, we want to thank you and make sure that you guys are having a wonderful day. Oh, and by the way, Feliz Dia de los Reyes. I hope everyone wishes for the one thing we all want, and that is for the American family to get that second title. So if you all wish for it, AJ, then there seems to be no way that we cannot win it, right? We're going to win it all. There you go. All right. Great question. AJ, again, thank you so much for coming out, my man. And thank you to all of you guys for watching and listening. Again, we'll be back next week. Tune in. We'll talk more America Family. Until next time, take care. Wear your mask. And as always, Arriba America. Good night, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen.